sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burden offerings and sin offerings, you took no delight. Then I said, as is written of me in a scroll, behold, I come to do your will. O God, we continue our reflection on the letter to the Hebrews. And today, what we hear are two things. One is that there's a reflection on the law and the role of the law in the life of anyone who's faithful, the commandments, the Torah, the Old Testament. Uh, and, and the reflection goes in the following way. Can the knowledge of the law save us? Can the knowledge of rules and commandments, can they bring salvation and forgiveness? What the letter said to the Hebrews says is that just because we're aware does not mean that all of a sudden we're able to overcome the limitations of being able to overcome our own brokenness. And so here, the, good, the point is very clear. It's just like because we know the law, we know what we're supposed to do, we're not able to do. And St. Paul would say something like that later on. He says, I know myself and a miserable man as I am because I know what is right and I know what I ought to do, but I don't do it. And I know what I don't, I should not be doing, I'm doing it. And he says that the misery, he comes, he, he speaks of the misery is because of sinfulness, consequences to sin. The old Adam is still in us. The old Adam is still there. And we get selfish, we get defensive, we get very, we accuse quickly, we jump into conclusions, we do all kinds of things. You know, where we don't wanna let go, we don't wanna forgive. And there's something within us, the disorders which are there, and we're not able to know, we know what, what, it needs, what we need to do. We need to love God and love our neighbor as we love ourselves, but we're not able to do. And so the letter to the Hebrews says, it is the Son of God who said, here I am, I've come to do your will. Is the Son of God who came, became one of us so that he may embrace the sinfulness, all the consequences of sin, and he is able to give us the capacity to become holy, to be, he gives us the capacity to be obedient. And this is what he says, it is in the Son of God, because only God's Son was able to be faithful to the end, all the way to the cross. In his humanity, he was able to say to the Father, I've come to do we will. He also said, as you remember, on the way to the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. The sinfulness within us. So these, the letter to the Hebrews says, this gift, the gift of the Son of God, is the very offering that is one given and made once and for all, because all the other uh, prayers, prayers in the temple of Jerusalem, offering the sacrifices, they're continuously offered, and yet, and yet they do not attain that, that fullness of forgiveness because they're not able to. 
And, and so it is the Son of God, Jesus, as the offering, the sacrifice that he offers of himself to the Father. He desired to do his will, which means he offered himself on our behalf. And then within him, we become the salvation we, within him because we are, we are um, placed within the very, very being. He is the Son of God who, who has formed us in that mystical way. We become one in him. And in him, we have salvation. In him, we have forgiveness. In him, we have the, the gift of the glory that God the Father wished to have given to us. So when you speak of the, uh, the, today's gospel, we see how his family, his relatives, his mother and his relatives came and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the people who gather around him says, hey, your mom is here, your, your relatives, your family is here. And, and, and the first thing that he does, he reminds them that yes, there is a family and obviously he didn't want to in any way be mean his mom because he didn't, but he wanted to underscore that yes, there's a closeness that I have in relationship to my mom and to the family, but there's something even greater. Brothers and sisters are only those who follow the will of God. We mean they open themselves to, to God's, God's grace to God's love because the will of the Father is our salvation. So those who wish and desire to be the brothers and sisters of Jesus are those who wish to embrace that fullness of the Father's love for them, to embrace that fullness of his mercy, those who listen to God, to attune their hearts to God. And this brings us today to, to our saint that we honor, St. Francis de Sales, we're lucky as Marians who live here in Stockbridge because every day we celebrate Mass for the sisters, the Visitation Sisters, and we have come to know them. You know, I have personally have come to know them as almost 27 years, 28 years that I've come to know, and, and they manifest in many ways the charism of St. Francis de Sales because she, together with St. Jean de Chantal, were the founders of the of the, of the visitation community. But I'd like to just speak briefly about St. Francis. First of all, even as a young man, something happened to him. Yes, he was a good student, but as a young man, he began to reflect and begin to fear that we can actually live and we can separate ourselves from God and we can end up in hell. He began to fear the possibility that we may end up one day and not be with God. He turned to our Blessed Mother. He consecrated himself to her, wishing that he would not go in that direction. His father didn't want him to be a priest. He wanted him to be a military leader. But, but he ultimately, after studies in, in Paris, you know, he was educated by the Jesuits. He studied in Sorbonne in Padua. He got a doctorate in civil and canon law, kind of studied theology on his own. He, uh, contrary to his father's wish, he became a priest. And then, uh, and, and then the, 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 the worry about people 
losing their life and ending up not in heaven, but be separated from God. This motivated him to wish and desire to bring people back to faith. And one of the group that he considered to be in need of, of salvation was people who began to follow Calvin. And so he wanted to organize something, organize like a, like a sort of missionary expedition, you know, to Geneva and to bring forth the people who chose to separate themselves from the church, from the sacraments. Uh, and, uh, and so he wished to go, but, uh, you know, there were many volunteers originally, but he only ended up with his cousin. He went there and for three years, he wanted to do things. He wanted to bring them back. And he felt that no one responded. It was total failure. He didn't even, after three years, he didn't even bring one person back. Nobody wanted to come. They were afraid. Uh, he began to, you know, to speak to children. He thought maybe it's to the families of children that he could attract them to the sacraments again, to Eucharist, to, um, to faith of, 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 of our Catholic faith. And, and it just didn't really work out. But eventually what, what happened is that he began to write his, um, his sermons and, and his teaching, and he would slip under the, you know, under the doors of, of the people who were there. Perhaps this was the first uh, type of a, you know, door-to-door -door ministry by, by actually, not by actually drawing people to church or to listen to him because he saw that the people were kind of afraid. It was, you know, a mentality. It was a rebellion. He didn't want people to feel that he singled them out, that he's trying to bring them back to faith. So he began, but maybe you can say today, the Barrison tracks, you know, slipping those things wherever you are so that people come to know their faith. And after, after a while, he became so successful she became so successful. He began to baptize children outside of the, sometimes, you know, in, 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 a, in a faraway places, uh, you know, where people would not be, where would not be, it would draw attention. But at any rate, he probably brought at least 30 or 40,000 people that brought them to faith. Um, Pope meant, you know, realized who he was. He, was, he made him an auxiliary bishop, eventually Bishop of Geneva. And, uh, but in a process, what I'd like to say is this, we know that he began to really understand what life of faith means. He used the word devotion. It's a devotion. It's like a call to holiness. He realized that everyone is called to holiness, everyone, according to the state in life. So he says, it's like, you know, whether it's a military leader or a monk or a wife or a husband or a single person, everyone is called to life of devotion, life of, of faith, life, called, life to holiness. And everyone is invited to grow in that perfection of grace. Yes, they're not the same. He, he made sure, he says that, you know, a mother who has several children cannot live like a, like a nun who has no children, no family. So her sp spirituality, her life of prayer cannot be the same one. And he says, you know, uh, a father in a family, you know, he, he is responsible for making sure that, that there are material goods for the family and for their future. So, a father in the family cannot be a, a you know, a, a Franciscan 
monk who vowed poverty. And so, so he was really, really a, a, a person who taught and guided people according to truly a common sense, common sense spirituality. Yes, unique for each one, but nonetheless, nonetheless, that everyone is called to holiness. Everyone is all called to, an op to the openness of heart so that they may come and enter into communion with God that during their activity, whatever it may be, they're mindful of God, who is with us, mindful of God, who's calling us to himself. God, mindful of God, wants us to give us eternity and enjoy us in heaven. So that means that if, if someone who's very busy, they can take a moment in their busy life and say, thank you, Lord, for, for the gift that I have this work or whatever I have or the family, whatever it may be. The awareness, living in that awareness of, of God, living in the awareness of his presence. Uh, eventually, what happened to him is that he uh, himself, being very busy as a bishop, he, he was called to a more contemplative life by way of a relationship. You know, he came to know this widow. He, he had a dream about her, and she also, uh, she, she, she wanted to, to establish a religious community. She wanted to live a life in that full contemplative dimension of St. Jean de Chantal. And, and it is guiding her, especially through letters, because most of, most of them were communication through letters. And this is why we have such incredible resource of knowledge of him is because of the letters and many letters that he wrote. And see how he guided her. He never rushed. He was always patient, waiting for God's will to manifest itself concretely. And 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 together, in, in uh, together with with her, he entered into the depths of what what does it mean to live a deeply con contemplative life. And you know, even amidst our busy schedules, even amidst his own schedule as a bishop, with all the responsibility that he had, is that God is calling us to the deep, profound communion, communion of prayer, contemplative communion. I, I have to say that there's a, uh, I went on, you know, on, on online and, and especially with St. Francis de Sales, you know, those who follow his spirituality, there's a, there was a, a, an entry called Wisdom of, the, of St. Francis de Sales. There are beautiful quotes from there, but there's, there's a couple of quotes which I wanted to, to read to you on devotion, on the life of prayer, how to enter more deeply into this relationship with God. So first of all, Francis de Sales believed that devotion is something to which every Christian is called. Simply put, devotion is that attitude that enables us to pra practice the commands and counsels of God frequently, carefully, and promptly. So devotion is that spirit that inspires us to love God, to love ourselves, to love one another in a lively, enthusiastic, and energetic manner. And he says, you know, this is the first one. He says, a sad saint is a sorry saint. A sad saint, which means that if we wish to follow the path of sanctity, we have to be joyful. We can't be filled with, you know, with, 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 uh, with you know, sadness. Then he says the following. He says, 
necessary employments according to each one's vocation. Do not diminish devotion, but increase, which means people cannot say that I'm just too busy, too busy to pray, I'm busy to, you know, my life, I can't do it. He says, no, everyone can. It's not, it's not that. He says, genuine devotion is consistent with every state of life, like, a, like liquid poured into a container. It adapts itself to any shape, kind of very visual. You know, no matter what you have in a jar, if you put water into it, it seems like it fills in all the gaps and is there. And he says, that's what spirituality, that's why called that life of wholeness does for us. And he says, all of us depict devotion according to our own preferences and fancies. So we can, to, to the one who fasts, for example, will believe he is devout simply because he fasts, even if his heart is full of hatred. Uh, so one thing is, he says, you can't do this. If you're doing some form of practice and you're resenting it, you're going the wrong way. Because, you know, he says you can be, you know, you can do all kinds of fasting, but if your heart is full of hatred, it's not working. You know, for sobriety's sake, he will not moisten his tongue with wine or even with water. So you fast and he might not even drink wine, whatever it is. You know, but he said, yet he will not hesitate to plunge into his neighbor's blood to slander a calumny. We can speak badly ill of somebody else. I mean, this is really common sense. But you know, it's like you spend time in prayer, then the effects should be manifested. That means if not, that means you're not really opening your heart to God. You're not desiring conversion. You not wish to check your, your own, your own uh, you know, uh, what is called uh, uh, disordered passions. And so therefore you're not actually gr growing in progress. Devotion is, devotion is a certain intensity of love, which not only makes us prompt active and diligent in observing God's commandments, but moves us beyond us beyond that to perform as many good deeds as possible, even those which are only counseled or inspired. Charity and devotion are no more different from one another than flame from fire. Charity is a spiritual fire. When it is embraced, it is called devotion. So that is his devotion, that is his his definition of devotion is truly out of love, moved by love, we do things. And you know, and he had one major desire. He didn't want people to lose their life, eternal life. He wanted them to be in heaven. So this is why he did everything he could, writing and, and, and worrying and doing all kinds of activity so that people may come to know the Lord and to be saved, that they may come to know him and practice their faith so that instead of kind of, you know, saying I believe and still doing all kinds of things which is not of God, this is not the path to salvation. His worry and his fear was that people do not lose their eternal life, eternal salvation. Maybe then today, the reason we're here is because we love him. We would desire to love him. The reason we are participating in this Eucharist because we desire to receive him the very power, the very means, the very reality which enables us to go beyond ourselves and become sons and daughters of God. It is through the instruction of the Gospels, today's instruction especially, to see the importance of Jesus as our high priest who has come 
and who has offered himself on our behalf because he loves us. This is the Father's will. Here I am, I've come to do your will. So we have the very gifts that God gives to us to become incredibly um, powerful instruments of God, God's love. Um, we can not only receive and transform, be transformed by the grace, but also we can help, help others to be transformed likewise. Just as how many people did Francis de Sales affect during his life? Extraordinary number, thousands of people who, who became faithful, who returned back, those who have departed and abandoned their faith, you were able to come back. Today, too, we need people like St. Francis. He will, he will continue to guide others. He will guide us. But we also need, you know, new generation of, of St. Francis de Sales. We need the new generation of people who are so on fire with God's love that they'll be able to do anything, go and suffer in whatever way so that mothers may come to know the Lord, may come to know his salvation, and enjoy forever the life of glory in paradise in, with, in the presence of God, not separated from him, not being alone, uh, not being, you know, in the presence of, the, of Satan and evil, evil spirits filled with hate and remorse and, and despair, but to live forever with God in the joys of his kingdom. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.